you close the door, please? Thank you. So as we begin to explore this Brahma-vihara of equanimity, you may be getting a sense, if you didn't have it already, of how challenging it can be. And not necessarily because it's difficult, though it can be difficult, but just because of the complexity of these kinds of practices. They're not simple. We might look at the phrase, the simplest version that we have here is just, may I accept things as they are. If we've done any meditation practice, we know that's the key to the Dhamma, is seeing things as clearly as we can, without judgment, without resistance, that acceptance of our experience. So there's a way in which that's quite simple. Perhaps simple but not easy. But as soon as we bring to mind our relationships with others, with ourselves, certainly the world, we see all of the complexities involved in that, all of the responses that we might have, the reactivity, the habits, the patterning. And this practice here is to recognize all that, hold all that. It's not as though we need to resist or have things be different. That is what it's like to be a human being. It's incredibly complex. But to see if we can keep coming back to this essential truth, this essential Dhamma, this is the way things are. There's not really a choice about that, right? It's not an option. This is the way things are. They couldn't be any other way. They are the way they are in this moment. And what we're doing in this practice is coming to alignment with that truth. No matter how difficult that is, that truth, whatever it is that we're opening to, if we resist the truth of the moment, we're inevitably going to suffer because we're resisting what's true, what's real. And so this coming into alignment is a big part of what what we do here in this practice. And as was reported this morning, as people responded to the practice, and certainly the the people I spoke to in the meetings today, so much goes on in response to this alignment that we're practicing here, that we're intending towards. So it's not just equanimity, right? All of the different emotions that might arise of sadness or confusion or expectation or grief, or compassion, or kindness. These are all to be included in the practice. This is what's so important about this, is to be willing to be in the complexity of it, but hold it with these open arms that just says this too, this too, this too, whatever it is, 
whatever it is. And so the other Brahma-viharas have a role to play in our equanimity practice. So why we spent some time with metta, just to get a sense of the kindness that may be possible, this attitude that we can bring of friendliness or acceptance, of, say, warming the field of the equanimity. But people talked a lot about sadness and compassion. You know, I've said to my groups today, usually when we talk about equanimity, it's not about something that's easy or fun. We don't need much equanimity there. We need it when things are challenging. And when things are challenging, difficult, often there's resistance or sadness or fear. And so we might feel that or compassion in response to that difficulty. So again, this is not not doing equanimity, but actually holding the complexity of it all. And so whether it's the other Brahma-viharas, that compassion or metta might come more forward than equanimity, that's fine. Or as Kamala said this morning, even just seeing the places where she's kind of stuck, caught in her suffering, that's important to see too. That's a step in the direction of equanimity because we're acknowledging the truth of our experience. So all of this, all of this is in service of this deepening of equanimity, all part of it. So just wanting to say that so we don't get some idea that, you know, if we're practicing equanimity, it should be all cooled out or else we're kind of, you know, in the throes of the the opposite of a lot of aversion or reactivity. It can be this interplay, a lot going on, but always with this intention, this too, can I open to this too? This is the way things are right now. And so that's the theme that we keep coming back to. That's the intention in all of the complexity that might run through your experience. And so Kamala this morning offered a number of simple phrases and we put the the, um, piece of paper up on the board with this essential phrase um, near the top, just may I accept things as they are. That's the heart of, of equanimity. This is how things are. That's the truth. May I accept that. May I accept this is how things are. And so a lot of variations of that phrase, and all of us can find the one that works best. Keeping it simple is, is really helpful. But the very traditional phrase is what's at the top of that sheet of paper. And that's the one that says, and it says on the page, you, but um, I'll frame it as all beings are the owners or the heirs of their karma, their actions. Their happiness and unhappiness depends upon their actions, not upon my wishes for them. This framing can sometimes be challenging, especially if we don't understand karma. And I'll talk more about karma in a couple of nights' time. But it simply means the causes and conditions, including our actions and intentions, that have brought us to this moment. We are all the product of all of these causes and conditions, actions and intentions. That's, again, just a truth. It's not debatable. You know, all of the things that have happened to us that have shaped us, our cultural conditioning, our body types, our sex, our relationships, all of that kind of thing has shaped us. And then this um, understanding that someone's happiness and unhappiness isn't necessarily 
I'm probably, probably not going to change because I wish it to be otherwise. It really is each individual's ability to determine how they respond to these conditions. And so that's the thrust of this traditional phrase. For some people, it's incredibly powerful to say that phrase, whether they say the whole um, set or beings or you are the owners of your actions, the heir to your karma, or just this phrase, your happiness and unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. And so it brings in right there the equanimity that's echoed in some of the lower phrases, I care about you but cannot keep you from suffering. This is the truth. We often say equanimity is the Brahma-vihara for parents as they care for their children. You know, we all need it in all our relationships, but that one where we so want these young beings as they come into the world not to suffer, try to protect them as if we can, and they do, they will. We can't stop that. And just opening to that without stopping caring. It doesn't mean we don't stop caring. We're still very much in that relationship of love and affection. But we realize this truth. And so this is part of the deep teaching of this equanimity practice. How to land in that acceptance of that truth and not disengage, not pull away, saying I can't do anything here. We need to be fully present, especially in some of these very intimate family relationships. But we can't stop people from suffering. Can't stop ourselves from suffering most of the time. We're often the greatest cause of our own suffering through our habits of mind and the choices we make sometimes. So this is a rich phrase that if if it works for you, can use it. I remember the first time I did equanimity practice intensively and I was offered that phrase and not many other variations, just told to say that over and over again for days at a time. And I found myself, I think the question, um, the, this point was raised this morning, I found myself kind of lecturing the person I was sending, I thought sending equanimity to, I thought, you know, because I'd just done a lot of metta, so I thought it was the same, right? Well, send equanimity. If you understood that you were the owners of your karma, you would make different choices, and therefore you wouldn't suffer so much. And I spent quite a long time doing that, until I realized, oh, that's not what this is about. That doesn't work. I can't tell this person or send equanimity to this person. It's for me. Right? doesn't matter who I'm sending or holding in the frame of reference. It's for me to understand. Even as I say, you are the owner of your karma, the letting go, the clarity has to happen here. So again, there's lots of nuances in the framing of the words, in how we hold the person, in all of the other um, emotions or responses that might come in. And all of that is your equanimity practice. It's not outside of it. And in each of the Brahma-viharas, there's a particular sequence of beings that we traditionally send to. So with metta, um, they say to start with self as someone easy, as we said, not always the case, but still so helpful. And then through that, 
list of benefactor, friend, etc. When we do compassion practice, we start with a suffering person. And then we go through the list. When we do mudita, we start with someone who's really, excuse me, experiencing good fortune. Then we go through the list. So here with the equanimity practice, we start with the neutral person. Again, with this um, instruction that's so insightful for us, as I said when I uh, gave the metta teaching, to start where it's easy. We often resist that so much, but it's so skillful. And, you know, again, what one is easy for one person may not be easy for another, but starting with the neutral person, you can get a sense of how to hold someone knowing the complexity, well, not knowing, but intuiting the complexity of their life and offering these phrases. And then we go through the list with self being the last on the list is perhaps the most challenging to send, to be, hold in equanimity. So this afternoon in our practice, we'll start again with um, the neutral person, the benefactor, but we'll introduce the friend, the dear friend. And so you, it, it's often helpful to use the same person that you used in your metta practice. So you've already had some sense of connecting with them in this retreat, relationship with them. But when we do it as far as equanimity, often it's helpful to actually open to what's challenging for this person in their life, where there might be confusion or stickiness in, in their lives, in the relationship, um, and, 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 and letting that be what the equanimity speaks to. So different ways of holding um, how you relate to the equanimity for the friend. The, friend. the relationship with friend can often be simple and pure, but everyone has their challenges, their vicissitudes, the pain and um, gain and gain and loss, fame and disrepute, etc., joy and sorrow. Though so we just reflect on that as we bring this person in, and as much as we can, resting in a sense of equanimity around that for them. So let's begin sitting comfortably if you're not already. And in the way we've been practicing, as we've talked about, all three of these practices have their place. The mindful awareness practices, which can um, invite us into a felt sense of the body to know what's happening in the mind and the heart. Also include in that a sense of spaciousness. So again, if the words feel too busy, too much, just resting in this felt sense of body, of heart, of emotion. So it has a place to play, an important place in this practice. So we start with that, with resting in this felt sense, just the body sitting as it is, inviting it into ease as best you can, relaxing any places of tension or holding in the face, in the jaw, the shoulders, the chest, 
diaphragm or belly. Using the breath to soften, open and release. As we said, this is the foundation of our practice. Always being willing to come back here. Just resting in awareness. Knowing what's happening. Attending to your experience with this gentle, kind attention. If it helps to rest your attention in the center of the chest and feel the breath moving in and out there, the life expressed there, emotional seat, the heart, gently allow the attention to settle there, again, if that works for you. And then bringing into your awareness into this heart space, your neutral person. You may have gone on a whole journey with them already from when they were neutral to perhaps feeling a sense of care or kindness in the metta practice, maybe in the equanimity practice, concern, compassion, as you reflect on the vicissitudes of life that they must have experienced. Letting yourself be open to all of that as you hold them in your awareness, this person you don't know. But knowing their life is complex and challenging at times, has joy and delight, has frustration and fear just like us. Letting this phrase, whatever phrase works for you, kind of just resonate through your being. Again, you're not sending it to them, telling them this, but feeling into this truth. Things are as they are. May you accept things as they are. Or this traditional phrase, you are the owner of your actions. Your happiness and unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. some reflection about this person and the fact that they've been through all of these experiences of life like anyone is helpful. 
but also just keeping it simple. Even a sense of them, a vis- an image of them, perhaps saying their name if you know it. And just gently, not with, in a kind of rote way, perhaps on the out-breath, as I suggested the other day, or just every now and then, letting that wisdom ripple through No matter how much I might wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. All beings have their own journey. This is your journey. Some simple phrase. And also including how are you responding to this relationship with the neutral person? What's in your heart? And can there be equanimity and holding right there around the compassion or the sadness or the care that's there? That too is equanimity. As we let that be as it is and hold it in this attentive field of awareness.
And now bringing in the person you've been connecting with as your benefactor. This person often has some wisdom, has some well-being. But for every person, there is this mixture of joy and sorrow. Perhaps there are some physical issues, or emotional issues, or financial issues in their life. We take a moment just to connect with the conditions of their life as we know them. Perhaps we don't know much about their conditions of their life. Just some sense of holding the fullness of who this person is, knowing that in every life there are challenges of the body, of the mind, in work, in relationship, livelihood. So around those conditions or situation as best you know them, letting the phrase of equanimity resonate within you in response. All beings have their journey. This is your journey. Things are as they are. This is the nature of life. It's holding our attention in some way, in a very gentle way, but a steady way, on the conditions of this person's life as best we know them, or as we might imagine them to be. and offering the response of equanimity to those conditions. And then also including how you're responding to holding this intention of equanimity. Is there equanimity or what is there in the heart as you connect with this person, the benefactor? Perhaps there is some steadiness and openness or is there sadness? or fear, 
worry or concern. This too, can we hold that with a kind equanimity? This is how it is for me right now. Lastly, bringing in the friend. Again, can use the person you've been working with. You've already developed this caring relationship with them. So connecting with them some way that is meaningful for you, a visual sense or the sound of their voice. And then just opening to the conditions of their life. You may know more about them some of their challenges. You don't need to tell stories, long descriptions of what's happening. It's just a felt sense of how complex it is to be a human being with all of the joys and sorrows, loves and losses that this person has. Just resting in this intention of holding that with equanimity. No matter how much I may wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. Again, some simple phrase. that responds to this person's conditions of life, experience, acknowledges it, doesn't get entangled with it, try to fix it or push it away. This is how things are right now. This is how things are right now for you.
And then also including how you're responding to holding this person in equanimity. Is there steadiness or openness or perhaps concern, worry, tenderness? Would be compassion coming up because you know their struggles. Seeing if you can recognize and perhaps name and feel whatever it is in the heart as it holds this person. And accept that. This is the heart's response right now. The clearer we can understand or know that, the less we're pushed and pulled and can perhaps find some sense of steadiness, acceptance, openness. May my mind and heart be balanced and at peace with life as it is.
So I think one of one of the many important things about this practice is not feeling there's some way you have to get to. There's not some point or end result that's like success. It's really again and again cultivating this intention just like we did with the metta towards this sense of acceptance, towards this sense of ease with how things are. And so there can be many ways to get there and many layers or levels of what we might be opening to. So the outer conditions, especially in someone else's life, and all the nuances and complexity of that, and then our inner responses. So each of us will find different ways at different times, and the amount of space that you bring into this practice can also be individual. For some people, it might be helpful to repeat phrases fairly consistently. For others, it's more just a sitting with, feeling into, again, the outer conditions or the inner response. And so this, as I said at the beginning, the bringing together of these three practices, the awareness, mindfulness practice, the equanimity practice, and then, you know, compassion, metta, sensitivity to the emotional life that might, uh, that you might be experiencing. So as you go through these days, can really um, determine for yourself how to deepen this practice of equanimity. Um, For today, we're suggesting some variation of these three categories, a neutral person, benefactor, friend. You might just choose one and keep it really simple. You might just have a lot of space and quiet and let whatever you've been experiencing kind of settle or resonate. In the walking practice, the same way. could just be without anyone or anything particular in mind, this phrase, things are as they are, or may I accept things just as they are. So we're just refining this intention to this equanimity that accepts this is how things are. So a lot of ways to navigate in this, not to get a sense that there's a right way that everyone else is doing and you haven't figured out yet. As I said at the beginning, it's complex, it's layered, and it includes our, the external and our response to that, but very much our internal experience. How are we right now with what's happening? And looking at the mind that might get into judging or comparing or wanting, that's also part of our practice. So we'll just take a moment, maybe one or two questions, if there are any, about this practice. Any thoughts?